Welcome to America's Heroes Group podcast with information and resources that's disseminated intentionally to empower our military population with host Vietnam veteran Cliff Kelly, co-host Iraq veteran Colonel Dr. Damon Arnold, and co-host Army National Guard veteran Sean Claiborne. And now, America's Heroes Group podcast. Welcome back to America's Heroes Group, this time with our roundtable and our partner, the Chicago Regional Office of Veterans Benefits Administration, otherwise known as the VBA. Today is Saturday, March 11th, 2023, and March is Women History Month. And if you're celebrating St. Patrick's Day, good luck to you. Our host is Cliff Kelly. I'm Sean Clement, the co-host. Our executive producer is Glenda Smith. Our digital media producer is Ivan Ortega, who's not here with us today. He's from Scouts Honor Productions, but we have Shakai here with us. She's holding it down as our studio engineer. And we have our panelists with us, Gavin Armour. He's a U.S. Army veteran, 20 years of service, and a public contact representative at the Chicago Regional VBA office. We're going to talk about survivor benefits. How are you doing, Gavin? Uh, I am well, and as a, and as always, it's great to be here with you today. My pleasure, my pleasure. So are we talking about, when we say survivor benefits, are we talking about um, disability benefits, the DIC benefits, or are we talking about the SBP, SBP which is Survivor Benefit Plans for Retirees, which direction are we going first, or are we doing both of them? So uh, when we start talking about survivor benefits, there are a number of different survivor benefits el- um, that eligible spouses, surviving spouses, and uh, children, uh, minor children can be awarded uh, based on the rating, the disability rating of of the spouse or um or the the veteran. So the first one I want I really want to start off with is the Chapter 35 uh, Survivors Dependents uh, Educational Assistance Program, which allows for um, 36 to 45 months of educational benefits for um, surviving spouses and the children of uh, disabled veterans. Okay, so we're talking about like a veteran that is rated at 100% uh, permanent total at the time of death and is and is given that chapter 35 for his children, those children would or, or her children would be eligible for uh, college or vocational courses, high school uh, diploma or GED programs, independent study or distance learning. Uh, correspondence courses, and, and that's strictly for spouses, um, apprenticeship programs or on-the-job training, national exams, the MCAT, the GRE, the LSAT, the SAT, um, and uh, and just remedial training or refresher training. And the cost for those uh, and, and that cost for necessary licensures and uh, certificates. So it is a huge um saving and benefit to surviving uh, spouses and children. Wow, I never even knew about it. I've heard some things recently. Is this something new? Because I haven't really heard about that. A lot of people think about the GI Bill, but we don't think about being able to pass on education benefits to beneficiaries, particularly dependent children. Well, it's not necessarily a pass on. It's a, it's a, it's a benefit that is earned by the veteran. So just say a hundred a veteran is rated at a hundred percent permanent total at the time of death that chapter that chapter thirty five benefit is something that's that's um that's given to the the surviving spouse 
and uh, and the surviving children, minor children. And I say minor children um, because um, you know if, if you're if you're under the age 18, you know it, it's 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 given. Now there are some instances what instances when um, you can go and apply for them. Like recently, I had a young lady whose dad died. And she's a college student, and she was 21, and she wasn't she wasn't using it. Now she can go and, and use that benefit to go to school or to finish her degree. And how much money can you get for these education benefits? Uh, well, it varies um, by institution uh, where you uh, where you go to school and and what you're studying. Um, but uh, if you go to vabenefits.gov, uh, there is a uh, there's a, a tool that can give you exact numbers and, and what schools are covered, you know, uh, and and go from there. Wow, that's amazing. so it's a uh, yeah. So second the second program I really like talking about uh, is uh, dependency and indemnity indemnity compensation or DIC. Mm-hmm. And I think you alluded to it a little bit earlier. Uh, just what is it versus the depend the VA survivors pension, dependency or di dependency and indemnity compensation or DIC is a monthly benefit that is paid to eligible survivors of service members who died while on active duty, active duty for training or inactive tr- duty training, or veterans who died a res- of a, as a result of a service connected injury or disease. Or veterans who do not, who did not die as a result of the service-connected injury or dis, or disease, but were totally disabled by a service-connected disability. All right, so they would have had you know they would have had to be rated for at least ten years prior to death, or since they're released from active duty, or for at least five years prior to death. So, um, so lastly, so to be clear, so you have to have ten years of some kind of disability rating. Prior to death, right, right. Okay, and, but but there, you know, I like to tell veterans that you know there are there are guidances, federal guidances, and and and, and statutes that govern all this. But to give, be able to give a hard and fast yes or no, each and every uh, in, uh, in, uh, incident is totally separate. So go ahead and always apply. Mm -hmm. Uh, My last point is for at least one year before death, if the former uh, POW and uh, uh, if the person was a POW and they were married for at least one year, um, that spouse would be uh, covered under DIC. Mm. So is that typical for most DIC benefits that the spouse has to be or cohabitate with the veteran for one year prior? Absolutely. Absolutely. They asked, they, that's a question on the application. So they specifically ask, you know, uh, a lot of times when we're going through these phone, these form, these applications with surviving spouses, um, you know, they may make an appointment and say, yeah, I'm the surviving spouse. But then you start peeling back the, the, the layers of the onion, you start finding out that, Hey, uh, they weren't married or they were married a long time ago and then they got divorced. Now he married somebody else, maybe not have been living with that wife or that husband and went back to living with the first wife. So who's, who's entitled to the benefit, mm. right? So uh, 
always um, it's the it's who you're married to. And and please notify the VA if there's a change in your status. You know, uh, so let me touch on who's eligible for DIC. So we're talking about surviving spouses. You may be eligible for DIC if you are a surviving spouse who was married to a service member who died on active duty, active duty for training, or inactive duty training. Uh, you married a veteran who died with service-connected injury or disease. If the marriage it began within 15 years of the discharge or married the deceased veteran for at least one year. So that is, that is the time hack we're talking about there. They have to be uh, married for at least a year or you had a child with the veteran and cohabitated with the veteran until their death. Mm. But once All again, right. as you alluded to before, and you always, even if you have doubts still apply because you can I mean the worst that can happen is they'll tell you no. But there's sometimes right. exceptions. Every case is different. Uh, there was a case I, uh, I heard an attorney talking about where the uh, the couple was married. However, they didn't live together. Um, the reason why is because the husband was suffering from PTSD. So right. he was he was the right. to live with. So it was a, there was a reason, underlying circumstances, why they didn't cohabitate. Ab- absolutely. So I, I tell veteran, I tell the surviving spouses. You know, especially being a public contact representative, I never want to say no. I explain what the what the what the rules are, what the statutes say. But then, with that, I hand them an application, and we go through, and we will still apply because I'm not an adjudicator. We let the adjudicators adjudicate. I help you file for the benefit. If a person gets denied, is there can they go back and apply again if they have different information or or different? Great evidence? question. Great question. There is a there's an appeals process. All right, so you can the standard you start with a uh, supplemental claim in which you're able to provide uh, information that the VA may not have been privy to before. So if you provide that information, you submit the it's the VA form twenty dash zero nine nine five, and you, you just it's a, and it's a I mean like it's not a whole lot of paperwork. It's maybe about two pages, and you submit that with your evidence. Then it's reevaluated. Now you can ask for a higher level review with somebody that who may have been a uh, that's a decision review officer. And in in that case, you're not submitting new evidence. You are just applying for a higher level review because you feel so strongly that the uh, that the that the evidence submitted should stand on its own. So you can do you can go about it that way. Then lastly, it's the BVA, um, the Board of Veterans Appeals. Okay, yeah, go go into that. And and then that is that is uh, where you say you want a, a a law judge to to render decision based on uh, all evidence provided. Now, how important is that death certificate? Because I've heard this come up before. Where the death certificate? Thank you for bringing that up. So there there are certain documents that are very important when filing for all of these benefits. Uh, the DD two fourteen. The, the veteran's uh, award letter or benefit summary letter that outlines, you know, where at what percentage this veteran was uh, rated at and what, you know, just what he was receiving on a month month basis. And lastly, the death certificate. 
you know, all those things are very important when applying for uh, survivor benefits. So if you have children involved, birth certificates, all right? Um, uh, if sometimes, you know, for whatever reasons, some veterans don't sign birth certificates. So if there's an affidavit from family members that says this child is, is the veteran's child, you know, that is, you know, that will uh, suffice. But uh, always have all your documentations, DD-214, benefit summary letter or uh, original award letter, and uh, death certificates to, to be able to apply for all of these benefits. And the reason why I brought up death certificate by itself is because oftentimes how the doctor notes how the person passed away yep. makes a big difference. And sometimes people have to does. go back and get that even mended by the doctor because they might wrote something down generic or whatever and didn't realize it. And then that could, right, make, right. You can get, that could be a difference when you're getting approved and not getting approved based on what the cause right. of death was. Exactly. There are some cases where, um, where, de- where death certificates can be amended and, um, and that's up to the local jurisdictions how and why and when they're amended. Um, so that, that's, that's up to the local uh, coroner or um, medical examiner. Now, was suicide so a covered one, event? Sir? Is suicide a covered event? Uh, I, would, I would leave that one up to an adjudicator again. Um, generally, you, you want, we want to have an expert in, you know, who, who you know, gives that answer to due diligence and have everything looked at. Once again, then go, you need to go whatever the cause is, whatever happened, go and file the claim. No, absolutely. We tell, you know, we tell vets all the time, come in, file the claim and let the, you know, let the adjudicators you know, uh, make the decision. Um, there, are, you know, the li- one of the uh, other benefits I want to talk about is survivor pension benefit. Before, before, um, before this, to that, before moving to that, what's the? How much do you get for DIC claims, dependency and indemnity compensation? There is, it's around fifteen hundred dollars a month, and that's the base pay. But then there are other things that uh, impact that, where it could go up. Okay. And then is that for so, life, or is that just for a specific amount of time? That is until the 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 spouse, and that's for life. But if the spouse remarries, then that benefit would go away. Okay. Okay. All right. So survivor benefits. <clears throat> so the pension, um, survivor pension is formally referred to as the death pension. It's a tax-free benefit payable to low-income or unmarried, unremarried surviving spouses or unmarried children of a deceased veteran with wartime service. Uh, who's eligible? The, the deceased veteran was char- uh, discharged under other than dishonorable conditions. Uh, the, this, this, the deceased veteran served 90 days or more of active duty. Uh, and, and at least one day during a time of war. Uh, your countable income for VA purposes is below the, uh, the amount listed in the survivor pension rate tables, and that normally changes from year to year. Uh, your net worth meets the lim- limit set 
for the Community Spouse Resource Allowance, CSRA, um, which is established by Congress for Medicaid. And, and of course, you have to be unmarried. The unmarried surviving spouse, uh, the unmarried child and minor child of the uh, of the veteran, or became permanently disabled before the age of eighteen. All right, so that's uh, so that's huge, you know. So um, if the if the if that child is between eighteen and twenty three and enroll in an approved uh, educational institution, so a lot of times uh, if some if a child was deemed uh, permanently disabled before the age of 18 and they may have to go to uh, high school or some type of academic program until the age of 21 or 23. Um, you know, a lot of times it's high school to get that person to the point where they can, you know, uh, function on their own and they can make, you know, different train. They can uh, be awarded different trainings. Um, that's the age 18 to 23. Uh, if the deceased veteran entered active duty service after September 7th, 1980, the veteran must have served at least 24 months of active federal service. If the length of service is less than 24 months, the veteran must have completed their entire tour of active duty. And this, again, is for uh, for unmarried uh, uh, people with the, who, are, right. who had children with a veteran. Or spouses, okay. or spouses. Or, or spouses. It's for okay. this. It's it's for this. The unmarried spouse, unremarried spouse. It's for the dependent children, and and or a child of the spouse that was deemed permanently disabled prior to their 18th birthday. So, um, you know, the amount, the maximum annual pension rate is the ter- is set by Congress yearly. That's so that says every year this is the max rate that you will get for this this pension um to be totally honest it's a very it's kind of it's it's a very very uh income sensitive award you know so there there are things that impact that you know recurrent medical bills you know uh if you you know if you're getting a oxygen tank delivered to your house every other day and and you're paying out of pocket for that that's one of the things that they would count against it um you know, any time you're paying for medications out of your pocket, you know, home health care out of your pocket, all that stuff um, impacts the amount of the pension. So if the more money you're paying out of your pocket on one hand, um, a lot of times you'll see it used in conjunction with uh, Social Security administration benefits. So this is not this is not an enriching um program. It's just really to keep people from dipping too far below, you know, below the level of poverty and to kind of keep them, keep them afloat there. For this particular program, the veteran or the service member doesn't have to pay into it. Is something that's automatic or is this, is this something that could well, based it, on their income? Again, it's not something they have to pay into, is that right? Right. It's, it's again, pay, they, you just apply for it. Okay. If you meet the criteria, you know, um, and then also we, we, tell veterans all the time to kind of pre-plan um, everything they're doing. You know, they, they we have kits that will 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 um, kind of
kind of walk a veteran through the the process of applying for all their benefits. You know, it's a pre-needs, it's the burial uh, pre-needs checklist, and it's got forms and and lots of information that you know any and everybody could use. You know, it, it outlines so much so much stuff. DIC outlines the survivor pension memorial benefits it talks about the the um national cemeteries you know here in illinois we have the abraham lincoln national cemetery in El, El, elmwood illinois elwood illinois and it's uh you know it's a beautiful property and a lot of a lot of times you know veterans you know family members forget about that it's there and they'll they'll pay and get um and they'll pay and have their loved ones interned some interned somewhere else. Um, when you know that's an earned benefit to be buried there amongst other he- heroes. Um, also, uh, we do reimburse for the transportation costs of the de- deceased veterans from the plate, you know, to the from the hospital or the the, the uh, funeral home till their to their final resting place. Uh, also. Uh, there is, there's no need to pay for a headstone or a marker. You know, the VA kind of will take care of that. You just got to apply for the benefit. So again, all this, all of these wonderful benefits are available in the, um, in the pre-needs, uh, the VA burial and, 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 and uh, pre-needs booklet. Um, you know, I, I always say, you know, you gotta, you gotta, be just a little bit ahead of the game because there are a lot, there's a lot of stuff out there that will help a veteran um, and, and the families along. Uh, there's grief counseling. There's uh, again, educational benefits. There are, you know, there are state benefits that are available, but everything um, to help that person, uh, that, that veteran's families um, move on to take care of it. Mm-hmm. So there's, there is a book you mentioned. What's the name of that book that has the benefits in it? That is the pre-need booklet. Pre-need so it's got, yeah, it, you can pick it up. You can call the uh, 827, it's the 800-827-1000 number, and you can request that pre-needs booklet. And it's a kit that has everything that uh, that family could ever need. Also, the DD-214, and I touched on this earlier, it is very important that family members know where the DD-214s are. Right. So they're not scrambling at the last minute trying to uh, request one from the National Archive or we're we're going through every old accordion folder or safe in the house to find that that document, because that basically helps um, the funeral directors do their job. It helps you um, know what type, you know, what type of uh, medals he had earned or she had earned while they were in uh, service to the country. So it's a lot of, uh, but that's the number one thing to have, the DD-214. It helps with a lot of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And then also you mentioned you know, the fact that when you, you want to plan ahead, get the pre-needs booklet, look at all the different benefits. Right. But then you mentioned the yep. different forms. So when you go and you apply for these benefits, she'll tell you what forms you need, and then tell us what other things, how the how the application process or the process to get the benefits, to apply for the benefits, what that looks like. Well, the the application process is very easy. So what you really do is you can make an appointment through the Vera app to to come into the our regional office. 
uh, or you can just get the if you're comfortable filling out uh, forms, you know, get it delivered to you or downloaded from the Internet. You can just it's as easy as writing your name, address, phone number, Social Security information and, and filling it out as as much as you can. Then if you if you get stuck, we're always here to help. You can, again, make an appointment to come in and. And we're really good about we can get generally we can get people in the next day to uh, help them file for any type of benefits. Now I'm gonna tell you what the VA will not pay for. We do not pay for the um, processing, you know, the funeral fees, like the, the embalming and caskets and things of that nature. A lot of people uh, think that they they do that, and we the VA doesn't do that. But the VA will will help with finding, you know, the, you know, the application process, getting the veteran into the funeral, into the um, national cemetery, uh, the presidential certificates, uh, just any and everything that go with that. If you need, if, if you need a marker, there's a, there's a application for that. Um, and, it, and it's all in this wonderful pre-needs, um, pre-needs uh, booklet. Mm-hmm. I call it a booklet. It's really a folder with a lot of inserts in there, and you can just, you can just kind of pull stuff out and start reading. And again, you know the the public contact team at the Chicago Regional Office. You know, as long as you're using uh, the Vera app to to make an appointment, we can get you in the next day. The thing that's really important is a lot of great information that you talked about. Getting that booklet is is critical. Everyone needs to get the pre need booklet. But then also make sure you plan ahead as we have been talking about. And then like yep. also veteran service organizations are good places to start too. If you have, if you're not sure about how to fill out a form or kind of confused about what's, what different things mean, veteran service organization can help you with some of these benefits. If you're trying to apply for a, a DIC claim, sometimes attorneys might be necessary. We've had attorneys on our, on our uh, show before to talk about getting things um, appealed and trying to figure out the legal questions as to how someone might qualify for these different benefits. Thanks for your time, Gavin. Really appreciate all the stuff you gave. You got to go get, come back on our show and talk more about it. Thank you very much. I, I love being here all the time. Gavin Armour is a U.S. Army veteran, 20 years of service, and a public contact representative at the Chicago Regional VBA office. This is America's Heroes Group. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to America's Heroes Group podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And for more details, visit americashg.org.